Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's Hero World Challenge. Very exciting stuff. 20-person field, fairly stacked. Lots that we can talk through. A couple of housekeeping items here at the top. This is indeed brought to you by Jock Market. We'll talk about more, more about them in just a second. It's Stock Market DFS, and there is a power hour tonight. So a very interesting market that we're going to have with only 20 golfers, Four guaranteed rounds. I'm really interested interested to see what the IPO pricing does tonight. Uh, that IPO will close at 9 p.m. Eastern time this evening. And Joe and myself will do a power hour starting at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. That's right here on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Other items. I have content lined up for the next five weeks. Don't fret. Don't worry. There's going to be strategy. There's going to be discussion. There's going to be interviews and there's going to be a mailbag episode somewhere in there. So I already tweeted this out, uh, but you can send in your questions for a mailbag, anything you want. I don't care. Nothing is off limits. You can either DM me or tweet me at Rick Run Good. You can email me rick at rickrungood.com. Uh, those are probably the only two ways you can get a hold of me. If you have my phone number, you can call me or text me, but that probably does not apply to a whole lot of you. Uh, otherwise, let's jump into this because the next hour or so, actually, I, I don't know how many comments we're going to have or questions we're going to have. Maybe this isn't going to last an hour. But Clark, right out of the gate, says, if I'm making 150 lineups, does it make sense to include all 20 guys in my player pool? My fear is lack of leverage. It's not a bad fear. And every lineup having one to two guys at the bottom. Interesting. I think you still have to include everyone, Clark. The idea is the problem is going to be six golfers uh, out of 20. You're going to have basically a third of the field in every single lineup, a little bit less, 30% or so. If you go full on fade of how many guys would you want to fade? One or two, maybe. Um, and if those guys finish 15th with an eagle, you might be dead. Um, I'd, I'd have to probably crunch the numbers on that. But my first, my first instinct says with only 20 guys and 150 lineups, you can cover a lot of different combinations, especially start leaving money on the table uh, that you probably have to play everybody. Hey, Rick, a first round, for a first-round leader bet, how would you balance birdie or better versus their past performances in opening rounds on a guy like Bryson? And don't forget to hit the like button, everybody. Oh, thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, so, boy, I probably prefer first – or I probably prefer birdie or better over pure, pure on first-round leader, like first-round stats, because I think sometimes those can get um, obviously a little bit hairy right? Is a guy really playing better in the opening round? Is that a coincidence? Is he just a good golfer? Like it should be no surprise to you that since the start of 2010, Rory McIlroy is the best rounds one player because he's probably the best player in that time frame. Uh, Justin Rose would be next. Now, what has Justin Rose done more recently in opening rounds? Well, let's go and look at, um, look at this by rounds here. So we'll go round one. Sort this by stroke chain total. I'm using the holy grail on rickrungood.com. You can sign up. A lot of you took advantage of the uh, of the promo that I ran a couple of weeks ago, so thank you very much for that. Okay, so Justin Rose uh, has gained strokes in the opening round and multiple strokes. One, two, three, four out of his last seven. Pretty good. Gets off to a pretty quick start, uh, including his last two and three of four, the summit club at CJ cup. He was, he was horrible. Um, but I think in general, there are a few guys like 
Justin Rose. There are a few guys like Keegan Bradley who are significantly better than their baseline in the opening round. Uh, that you should probably lean on birdie or better percentage more often and just try to find those really, really volatile golfers. Sam Burns is a great volatile golfer. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is. Uh, in fact, I'm, I've, I, I tweeted this out at one point a couple of weeks ago, but I'll try to work in a tool um, for next season where it shows you the percentage of the time a golfer gains two strokes per round on the field, three, four, five, et cetera. Um, Bryson and Sam Burns uh, for the entire tour, not just in this field, were guys that gain four or five strokes on the field more often than everybody else. Matthew says, uh, smash the thumbs up button. Love that. Thank you. Will it actually be contrarian to use all or most of my salary in a high-end single entry tournament? No. Uh I, I think I get what you're saying here, Matthew, and I believe that you're overthinking this. So uh, the assumption that I believe you're making is that most people know the way to be contrarian is to leave money on the table, especially when you've got 20 really good golfers and you can leave $4,000 on the table and have a really great lineup. I think you're giving people too much credit. They will still build to the number. They'll build to 50. They'll build to 49,000 something. Um, I do not think that spending your full or most of your salary is going to make you contrarian. We'll find out. We'll find out on Thursday morning, but I, I do not believe that to be the case. Philly fingers. Hey, Rick, thanks for all of your work. It's much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, and then there's a question here. I'm having trouble finding an optimal ownership number in the custom model. Okay, so here's the custom model. Um, I believe, okay, I'm curious if there's a target. I've been between 140 and 180. Is that too much? Okay, so what you're saying is what this model allows you to do is it allows you to set a maximum of projected ownership. Now, I've got the projected ownership loaded in here. Remember, this is a really awkward event. So let's think about this logically. Um, in a normal 140-person field uh, with the total ownership being uh, around 600%, right? That's that's how this ends up working out. Uh, then what you're going to have is, oh, I'm trying to do quick math off the top, like four, between four and 5% would be your average ownership. This week, it's going to be closer to, it's going to be like 30%, right? 600 divided by 20 golfers in the field, 30%. So that means if a golfer is below 30% owned, they are below average or projected average, right? And anything above that would be higher. So with that being said, and I'm thinking through this just like you are, Philly Fingers, um, in a normal week, if we wanted to cap it at kind of like 50-ish ownership, it's not going to be a perfect linear discussion. I would probably look towards. I actually think you're you're probably you're probably better off um, at like two hundred percent. You were saying between one hundred and forty and one hundred and eighty. Without me running some of these, I'm not positive. But my my first instinct says I think you can go higher than that and still be still be pretty happy with the results. Let me run. I hate to give out lineups. Uh, it's it's against every fiber in my body. Um, let me try 200 here. Let me just see what this pumps out. And I also do have, I do have, uh, I do have salary constraints in here. 
So Thomas Bryson, Xander, Berger, Webb, English would be 186% ownership, 48,300. Yeah. Two, I think I'd probably go with 200. And if that lineup wins a billion dollars, um, somebody send me my cut. Evan, welcome, Evan, says, how is baby swag speed a fade for you this week? Yeah, so this is actually kind of, uh, this is kind of tough for me. But let me show you something here. So, so we know we get we get a new perspective, baby swagging Jordan Spieth this week. Uh, here's the problem that I have. These five events right here, uh, FedEx St. Jude, Northern Trust, BMW Championship, Tour Championship, CJ Cup. Lost strokes on approach in four out of five of those. Um, you know the magic beans, Evan. You know what the magic beans for Jordan Spieth are. And most people think it's the short game chips in all the time. Most people think it is the putting. Um, it is actually his approach play. So if you look at the average finishes, so I break his career into four different segments. The one we're in right now, five events where he's averaging like a 31st place finish and he's losing strokes on approach. The segment from earlier in 2021, where look at all of the great success he had gained strokes on approach nearly every single week. And a lot of them. Go back to before that, when he was in that three-year drought of winning, what was the issue? Well, there was a lot of issues, but approach play was weak. Go back to when he was like the best player on the planet and he was winning everything. Approach play, very, very strong. So I have the numbers somewhere. Um, I didn't get a chance to set a run good rundown this week. I kind of got distracted doing data stuff uh, and all that stuff, but I, I, I broke down the numbers and into those four segments, really one of the strongest correlators to Jordan Spieth's success is approach play. I'm nervous. That's all I'm saying. I love Jordan Spieth. I know the upside's there. I'm nervous about it this week. Hey, Rick, says Sheardog. No offense to Cantlay, but Spieth... Oh, but the biggest story of 2021 was Spieth's revival. Do you think 2022 can be Ricky's revival or maybe someone else? Um, well, if, if Ricky did come back and be a top 20 player, that would certainly, almost certainly be the story of the year unless Tiger Woods comes back um, and plays a lot of events. Do I think that's going to happen for Ricky? Not not with the way he's putting. And, and I've you can probably pull my cord. I've probably said this 15 times in the last year. When a golfer loses their best weapon, they're in trouble. And Ricky Fowler is not putting nearly as well as he had during that. I mean, that was his weapon. The putter was his weapon. Look at all the green. The guy never lost strokes putting. Now he never gained strokes putting. And that's a really, really concerning thing to me outside of the uh, any potential swing changes that he might be going through. Other good storylines for 2022. Hmm. Obviously, there will be a lot of conversation about Tiger, but I'm just thinking about that off the top of my head. I think you could have a... Um, it's kind of weird. The number one player in the world, John Rahm, could have a breakout year, which is kind of hard to say. But when you only win one time with the season that he had last year, like he could have very easily won three or four times. Very, very easily. If he wins three or four times, and now in this era, winning three times in a season is ghastly, uh, that would be a pretty huge story. That would be a pretty huge story. I'd have to think more about that, though. Who's the course fit for Albany this week? Or what's the course fit for Albany this week? So here's the course key stats model. Um, and essentially, driving accuracy does not correlate to success. The number one correlator to success was around the green play, which is 
again, if you are looking at this model, um, it is not necessarily, this does not mean that guys who had success at Albany were getting up and down. That is not the case. It means that guys who were great around the green players in that season had great success at Albany, right? We're building player models here. We're building, we're building types of players. So that's the one thing that really stands out, stands alone, especially compared to the tour average, especially compared to a lot of the other, uh, other things going on in this, in this field. So then if you want to look at strokes gain around the green, well, okay, let's go over to the Holy Grail. Let's make sure we go back to tournament and let's make sure we get our, our filter off of here about round one. And we'll just do uh, this season and last season, strokes gained around the green, best players in the field. Oh boy, Jordan Spieth, number one. Webb Simpson. Okay, I'll tell you what. Uh, I So I'm three or four days, or maybe more than that because I kind of start research earlier. I'm like four or five days into research. I swear to you, Webb Simpson has popped up on every single thing. Every single thing Webb Simpson has popped up on. Um, it's, it's really kind of crazy. This guy's going to win the golf tournament, isn't he? Finau number three, which I don't think people would realize JT four, Patrick Reed five, the bottom of the list. Unfortunately, one is Henrik Stenson. The other one is Victor Hovland. We'll fix that. Don't worry about it. Bryson DeChambeau is at the bottom of the list as well. Um, obviously there's different ways to be able to do it. I'm getting a phone call. It looks like it is a spam risk and I am going to put my phone on silent. Okay. So that's your course fit for Albany. Jay says, uh, Rick, you're the man. Thank you, Jay. You're the man. How much money would you lean towards leaving on the table this week? I will tell you. So I build, um, the way that I do it is I build one core lineup and then I, that's my best lineup. It's the first lineup that I build. It's the one that I grind the most over. And then I start to kind of expand off of that, whether it is in, uh, with the custom model and the lineup optimization, whether it is with core cascading, whether it is just me hand building lineups. My core, I don't want to tell you exactly how much it left because you might be able to uh, reverse engineer who's in it, but my core lineup left between $3,000 and $4,000 on the table, and I felt very comfortable with that. Uh, there are really good values in the seven dollars and $6,000 range um, that allows you to be really, really flexible here. So I'm thrilled to leave basically any amount of money on the table. Gavin says, hey, Rick, love the pod and live chat. Thank you. Says, thanks for adding FanDuel salaries to your site. Yeah, Gavin, no problem. Yeah, FanDuel salaries. How about that? Uh, I get that request fairly often. It's there. I'm not happy about it because it's harder to get, but uh, I do it for you, Gavin. I do it for you. Hey, Rick, happy holidays, says Trevor. You as well. Is there a general rule of thumb to have? Sorry, I should have pre-read this. How much salary to leave on the table? Is there a specific amount you shoot for? Uh, reference question from Jay, generally a couple thousand bucks. Adam says, I'm entering one lineup into the $100,000 to first 150 max entry on DraftKings. I have some questions. Oof. Okay. So let's, wow. You have a lot of questions. There's three. Okay. Let's do it. To your show. Um, your question number one is McElroy, Morikawa, or Hovland. Now let's set the table here because this might actually be a valuable conversation for a lot of people. Because if you're entering one lineup into the 150 max entry, you know you are at a significant disadvantage and you are going to have to find a lot of leverage on the field. Um, that's the story, right? You are just playing for pure upside here. So knowing that, knowing that, 
Question number one is McElroy, Morikawa, or Hovland? Here's the cheat sheet. Um, I have Hovland the highest owned, 38%. Rory at 28.8. Morikawa at 29.3. So the answer uh, is probably Morikawa or Rory based on what the ownership is going to be. I don't think you could go wrong with either. Morikawa, best player on the planet. Rory, who uh, has been phenomenal for seven of his last eight rounds, probably should have won uh, in Dubai a couple of weeks ago. If it saves you the 200 bucks to go with Morikawa, that's fine. I don't think you can go wrong with either in terms of game theory. Number two is Reed or Simpson. Uh, for me, it's probably Simpson. He is about half of the ownership that I project in this moment. As Patrick Reed, I've Reed coming in at about 48%. Webb Simpson coming in at about 24%. Again, you're playing a very leverage game. That's all you're playing. Leverage, leverage, leverage. Your third question is Shoffley, Schefter, Burns, Answer, or Berger. That is... Um, it's a lot of guys for, for me to kind of comb through and, and figure out what's best for, for you. Um, you probably have to avoid burns as, as scary as that is. Again, you're playing a leverage game theory game. So you probably have to abo- avoid burns and you probably have to avoid burger. Any of the other three should be fine. Here's another question. Do I play the person you choose in question number three? This is like a choose your own adventure from Adam. This is unbelievable. Uh, do I play the person you chose in question number three or move down to the person you didn't choose in question number two. Oh boy. Uh, Adam, I appreciate your attention to detail here. Um, you should, no, you can't play Reed. So, so you can't play the, the other guy in the answer to number two. You can't play Burns. Just play a different guy from number three. The, you, you, you've kind of boxed yourself in only playing, um, only playing one lineup in this in this in this 150 max. So just you've got to play the ownership game. Look at the projected ownership. Take the lowest owned guys. Leave money on the table. That is uh, probably your only path to winning this. That's my opinion. Uh, remember, this is indeed brought to you by Jock Market. Jock Market is stock market DFS. I don't even really call them a sponsor. It's really a partnership because you guys know I don't really do sponsorships, right? This is just something that I believe in um, and I really enjoy myself. And I know that when others start to play it, they enjoy it as well. So it is it is stock market DFS. There are free markets in which you can uh, win real money by buying and selling shares of golfers and other athletes. You can also enter cash markets, which is where you buy shares of athletes with real money. And depending on their performance, those stocks go up and they go down. So there is a, a fixed payout for each one of um, each one of the positions in a golf tournament, for example. So if 20 golfers this week say first place pays out $25 a share and 20th pays out a dollar a share, that's probably what it's going to end up looking like for tonight. So you can go check this out. You can sign up for it. Uh, you can find data on it. If you want all of the data for every cash market that's ever existed, I give this away for free on my website, rickrungood.com. It's under free tools. It's under jock market. You can click on certain golfer profiles. You can see how good Taylor Gooch has been. There's just a lot of stuff going on. And if you want to get up to a $50 deposit bonus, uh, you can also use the code Rick. That will get you a $50 deposit bonus. Here's the other thing. We're giving away $100 tonight in the power hour. So that room, that chat room, or sorry, that live chat room is already available. So if you go to Rick, if you just go to my YouTube channel, go to that right now, drop your jock market username, you will be entered to win hundred or $20. So we're giving away five $20 um, amounts this evening. So I'll see you there.
Nick says three lowest owned projected players. Yeah. So let's go back to the cheat sheet for this. We can just quickly sort this by lowest owned. Uh, I have Terrell Hatton coming in around 18%. Matt Fitzpatrick coming in around 19 and Henrik Stenson at 20. Henrik Stenson, he's kind of interesting. I bet you he he's probably going to be the lowest owned. Uh, but it's weird because he is the defending champion who's had great success here, but he's been horrific, horrific this year. Uh, but he's the cheapest, which also allows for kind of a lot of flexibility. So I'm, I'm less sure about my projection on Henrik Stenson than a lot of others, uh, just because he's a very, very unique golfer this week. Greg says, smash the like button for Mr. Gaiman, people. I appreciate that. Sheardog says, how much money would you pay, if any, to see Tiger win his 83rd PGA Tour event? Not much, Sheardog. He has, he, um... He's got nothing to show me. He's got he's got nothing. 83 would be great. I hope he gets it because that would really solidify him as, you know, the most wins ever. Um, but it it doesn't matter. The the legacy is set. Um, I would probably pay a small amount, 100 bucks or less, just because I think it would be good content, it'd be good for the game. I, I just he doesn't have anything to prove to me. Hey, Rick, thanks for the analysis. Is driving distance important this week? Do you know what the rough is like? As far as I'm aware, um, and I can try to pull this up for you, it is very, very minimal, uh, if any rough. Let me see if I can find it really, really quick, if I can. An inch and a half. Yeah, an inch and a half of Bermuda grass. So this is going to be um, a really resorty course, right? This is where people go to play resort golf. They don't want to get beat up, so there's not going to be much rough. The other thing that you kind of have to worry about, I don't want to say it's like, uh, Paul Meadow. I don't want to say that it's like I'm blanking Kiowa, uh, where if you're kind of not in the fairway, there is rough there, but you also start to get into some of these sandy areas. That's where we saw the Patrick Reed incident, right? Two years ago. Um, when you, when you bring in sandy areas, uh, outside of fairways like that, you, you increase the luck factor, right? You are now at the mercy of whatever lie you're going to get, if you're going to run it up against one of those small little plants that they have there, are you going to be into a footprint? There's, you just run into more, um, more luck-based factors. Is there any red flags that you have about golfers coming in with a high ownership? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, yes. Short answer is yes. So Justin Rose, Patrick Reed, uh, who I have coming in as two, as the, two of the highest uh, three-owned golfers. Justin, I guess maybe more red flags around Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed's been great here, and he's got one good result recently. He's been terrible, right? So are are we willing to, like, as I pull up his golfer profile page and I show you all of the red rectangles, you might as well just see these as red flags, right? I mean, just horrendous off the tee, horrendous on approach. One good event in Bermuda, but we don't know how he did it because the strokes gain metrics don't exist there. Yeah, this is this is a lot of red flags. You're you're banking on history and long-term upside and the fact that you know he's coming here to win. Like for sure. This is not a vacation for Patrick Reed. Stewie says, any props you're considering this week? Oh boy. Um trying to think. I have not bet any props this week. Um I did want to look at what the winning score was going to be. Because we're still fairly new in the history of this event, right? Five at this course. 
and I feel like sometimes those can really skew winning score, but I haven't had a chance to look yet. Who is someone to keep an eye out for in 2021 that would be considered under the radar? Ooh. So off the top of my head, um, uh, guys like Emiliano Grillo, guys like Aaron Wise, guys like um, uh, Patton Kazire, really like uh, high upside or ball strikers. Aaron Wise is going to win in 2022 for sure. Um, I also wrote an article for Golf Digest a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago at this point, that was like golfers who are going to win you money in 2022. So if you Google that, uh, you'll find my article is probably eight to 10 guys that I think are, are, are in there and it's, it's metrics based and, and, and things like that. So check it out. Steve. Hey Rick, you mentioned on the first cup podcast, some guys are going to be like on vacation and some are going to win any names. Thanks. Um, I, I'm not going to purely speculate, but I think, uh, you could make a very easy case that Brooks Kepka, He's told us himself, if it's not a major championship, it's probably not up his up his alley. Um, I know for sure uh, Victor is there to compete. I know for sure Patrick Reed is there to compete. I know for sure that um, oh, there's uh, uh, Justin like Justin Thomas winning a trophy from Tiger Woods, his buddy, on Sunday is like for sure there to compete. It's harder for me to speculate who's there on vacation, quite frankly. Um, so I'm not probably not going to go there. <laughs> Mickey Abbott or Justin Pitt? Mickey Abbott. <laughs> That's good. Who's your pick for Rookie of the Year in 2022? Ooh, I can't. I don't know who all the qualified guys are, Dan the Man, but um, I've been, I've been pretty impressed with Hayden Buckley. We'll see what he turns into. Um, Alex Smalley's kind of interesting as well. But there's probably going to be somebody who just snaps off. Like like Garrick Higo, while he didn't win Rookie of the Year, wasn't he one of the only two finalists for Rookie of the Year last year? And he was someone who came in in June, wins a tournament, and now he's second in, player of, or in Rookie of the Year voting. So it's it might be someone we're not even considering right now. Is this the type of event that you'd play less money than usual? Uh, I don't tech. I don't generally do that, Gavin. Uh, I generally just play the same every single week. Um, I think that there's. I think I have an edge every single week, and I kind of just do it the same. So, um, no, it's just a different strategy. Hey, Rick, tell me something interesting that's happened to you this week that's not golf related. Okay. Um, <laughs> a lot of stuff in my life is very golf related. Uh, we got, we put the Christmas tree up. Mm, I don't even know. I got boosted, gave the dog a bath. Uh, I mean, everything is, everything is golf related. Uh, we went to Costco. Oh, I'll tell you. Oh, that's golf related. I was gonna tell you I got a new putter. That's golf related. Um, my God, everything I do is golf related. This is like a, this is, I'm like having like a moment right now. I don't know. Everything's golf related, Sid. Also tell me your thoughts on Harris English. Uh, Harris English. Very interesting. Uh, Let me pull him up. So we were talking about this on the first cup podcast the other day. Uh, Kyle was like, if you were doing, you know, golfers, like it was all, all, all NBA team, you know, who would be the top five? And there was obvious names. 
Harris English won twice last year, right? Won the Tournament of Champions, won the Travelers, uh, was part of the Ryder Cup winning team. Hasn't played all that well recently, although... So here's the three starts from Harris English this year, this season. Cut, withdraw, cut. Not great. I would argue um, Harris English just does not generally stay down for long, right? So he won the Tournament of Champions, had like a four-event stretch where he didn't play well, started to get it back into shape, started to get back into form, started to get better, wins. Then it's like, play okay, have a four-event stretch or three-event stretch that we're in right now that's not that good. Um, I don't have any reason to think this, but I, I, I would have not be surprised at all if Harris English played really well and contended this week. Another small field, no-cut event like the Tournament of Champions. When he's at his best, he's so well-rounded. I have nothing to hang my hat on about that. I just would not be surprised at all. He usually does not stay down for a while. Do you think having two 10K guys and up would be the leverage play? Um, so that's two of Rory, Morikawa, and JT. I would prefer building weird uh, like that, whether it's all guys under 9,000, whether it is two guys above 10, um, whether it is kind of an extreme two guys over 10, two guys under 6,400, and then something in the middle. Like I'm, I think your best ways of being unique and having leverage on the field is uh, leaving money on the table and building weird. And sometimes those two things will come, will, will, will work together. Sometimes they won't, but I think those are two, two good ways to do it. Who is the Mina play of the week? Uh, she just sent me a Slack message. That is an emoji of a burger. So I'm going to go with DB straight vibin for Mina who uh, I think she picked a winner recently. Didn't she? Since Phil and Brooks both won the only 1v1 uh, version of the match, should they play one-on-one for the championship belt? Who would you like to see for the first title defense be against? Okay, here's here's what they need to do. Free consultation to Turner here. Uh, You got to continue to go one-on-one, and it's got to continue to be 12 holes. I loved what they did where when the broadcast started, those guys were standing on the first tee ready to go. Love it. Amateurs, while great, it takes too long. So maybe you play amateurs and play with nine holes. Maybe that'll work. Uh, Here's what you do. You call this the match king of the hill. Okay? Brooks Kepka is now the king. Now Brooks Kepka plays against someone new until he is dethroned. Uh, And he does this four times a year. So when you do this four times a year, you, it's like boxing, right? You could either, you could either groom guys to be the next contender, right? You could have a a series working into it. You could, uh, you tie this into the Wednesday matches. Remember during COVID, we got a lot of Wednesday matches, nine holes, 12 holes, whatever it was for charity. You work this into the Wednesday matches. When Brooks Kepka is going to be playing, you pick out four times a year or whoever the king is, four times a year, he's got to defend. You bring on a sponsor, like, I don't know, Draft Kings, because you call it the king of the hill. And every time Brooks wins or whoever the king is, he gets money, 250K. Who's not going to play a Wednesday nine-hole or 12-hole match in a city that they're already in for a quarter of a million? And this, and second place gets like 100,000 or something like that, right? You lose, you get 100K. You're already in town anyway. 
Then once a year around Thanksgiving, that's when you do like the big one, right? That would be like your Royal Rumble, your WrestleManias. That Then you go somewhere. You go to Vegas. You go to a destination. You make it this whole huge ordeal. Additionally, I'm, just, I'm, I'm giving away free billions of dollars here. You tie this into PGA Tour live coverage. The cameras are already there. They're televising the Wednesday matches anyway. You tie this into PGA Tour Live. I, I, I'm giving, I'm like giving away all the all the money, all these great revenue ideas where you're already in the city, the guys are already there. You've paid for it with a sponsor. I've just solved the problems. Now you get some compelling matches. Brooks Kepka plays Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth becomes the king. Patrick Reed plays Jordan Spieth. J- Justin Thomas plays Jordan Spieth. Xander Shoffley plays Jordan. Whatever it is, imagine rolling through this. Imagine having it be like, oh, uh, you know, Kepka was king of the hill for six weeks, or for six matches. He got dethroned. Oh my gosh, can you believe that? Oh, he, this guy was one and done. It'd be a thing. I promise you. My my DMs are open. Uh, call my agent if you would like more information about that. Jay Z is here. My main man, Rick. Just hopping in during a break from studio sessions. I know you're a busy guy, Jay. I appreciate that. So if you've already talked about this, I do apologize. You do not have to apologize to me, Hove. We're all good. Why does everyone seem to not like Finau this week? Stay soulful. You as well, Jay. One love. Here's what I would say about Tony Finau. Um, I, for me, the lack of love is the putter. He's lost like 12 or more strokes over the course of his last three measured events. Minus four at the Tour Championship, minus six at Summit Club, minus three in Houston, T45 at Mayakoba where we don't have the data there, might have been sour. You look at the type of, uh, on the plus side, you look at the type of player that that has historically had success here. Birdie maker, good around the green, that goes towards Finau. So we're even one and one, recent form, of course fit. Maybe I break the tie with Bermuda. He's very, very bad on Bermuda. The, the only surface he loses strokes putting on, uh, that for me tips him into the I'll find somebody else category, uh, but it's a lot closer than I think people want to say. A choose-your-own-adventure DFS lineup builder actually sounds fantastic. <laughs> Predictions for winning score. Connor, uh, 19 under. 20 under. Something in there. I think 19.8 has been the average winning score uh, generally when we get to these coastal, um, or Island resort courses, the, the final, the winning score will be decided by the wind. That that's what it, if it blows, it'll be 16 under. If it doesn't, it'll be 22 under that. That's really, that's really the only, the only thing. Where will Rick's cash be in the outright market and any matchups? Yeah. So I believe, uh, here's my card and I'm omitting, I'm omitting the, um, uh, the every single bet I fire each week on Victor Hovland. I, I just don't include that. That's just, I'm betting it. I'm never not going to bet it. So I don't include it here. Uh, I believe my card, and I can pull it up. Justin Thomas, um, Sam Burns, Webb Simpson. I think that's it, three. And then what I did uh, is I, I really like Rose and Reed but like in matchups, right? Um, I might've also bet Matt Fitzpatrick. So I think it's an outright four outrights and, and getting exposure to Reed, to Rose, to Webb, to Fitzpatrick in matchups, and then kind of fading the speeds of the world in matchups. Uh, Bryson, highly volatile matchup golfer uh, that I could probably find some, some fades against. That's the way that my 
exposure is uh, is um, going to look. Is there a small group of players you think can actually win this event? Yeah, about 19 of them. No, uh, you, I mean, probably, listen, would you be surprised if Henrik Stenson won? Has had great success here, hasn't played all that well. I wouldn't be all that surprised. There's probably 14 guys that can really win it. I'd, I'd omit probably Matt Fitzpatrick, unfortunately. I'd probably omit... Um, Stenson, I'd probably omit Rose, maybe Hatton. Uh, I think I'd have to include so maybe so maybe sixteen guys that can actually win this thing. And of course, the others can win it, but I just don't think they win it often enough. So it, it is it is fairly wide open. Is there a way to quantify how streaky a player is or how likely they are to finish well after a strong week? Thinking back to Kenny Perry's heater, you could ride the hot hand for two to three weeks. Interesting. Um, off the top of my head, no. Well, well, I'm sure there is, but I, uh, I, I don't know what it is. So if you go to the um, Holy Grail, uh, these are official PGA Tour stats. They do have a streaks category, but I don't think they're really the streaks that you're looking for. Uh, like consecutive cuts, consecutive streaks without a birdie, conse- consecutive holes below par, um, these are not really what I think you are looking for. You're looking for like guys that get hot for four, eight, 12 holes at a time. Let me work on something. I'll see if I can cook something up for you. Shot tracker? Probably not, right? No, I don't think historically we've had shot tracker here. Uh, one easy way to check is I can just do, uh, I can go to the Holy Grail and I can just do Hero World Challenge here. And, um, oh, actually we haven't had it. So let's see hero. No. So if it's, if it's just strokes gain total, uh, that means we do not have shot link, right? Shot tracker. So unless they're going to do something different this week, I do not think so. Hey Rick, do you think Sam Burns is laying the blueprint for winning a major this year? His odds are pretty long across the board. Um, so, so, so I cannot describe to you, uh, how high I am on Sam Burns this year. Uh, I, I can't describe it. He's he's doing, let me show you this. So here's Sam Burns, who for a long time was a pretty mediocre player. And then he figured out how to hit his irons. And he became, uh, to me, like a top 12 player on the PGA Tour. He is a the perfect combination of uh, long off the tee, good with his putter, good with his approach play. Uh, he is a high upside player, which is great for winning. I cannot describe to you how good this is. Now, your specific question revolves around major championships, which, yes, I've bet Sam Burns um, at the Open Championship, like you've described. I bet him at the PGA Championship. The problem is there's only four a year, and everybody shows up. Even if Sam Burns plays great, which he does not have a history of playing great at major championships, even if he plays great, uh, he could get nipped. And you look at his major championship history uh, recently, 76 at the Open Championship, miscut at the U.S. Open, missed the cut at the players. I'll throw that in there. He WD'd after a really poor start and an injury at the PGA Championship. So he would have to uh, really turn around what we've seen from him already in his young career. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic, but we're asking him to, 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 to make a fairly sizable hurdle. 
Uh, is your light on back there? Yeah, it's orange. I tried to match it with the uh, the tiger up here, the Frank logo, but it, it is orange. Might be hard to see. How likely is it dupe, uh, to be duped this week? Very, very likely. Uh, if I leave 700, will I be unique? Probably not, depending on your build. You could leave more often. Hen Hatton or Stenson? Probably Hatton for me. Did I catch a Gipper Finau on the drop-down list? Yeah, you did. Yeah, so uh, if you guys haven't noticed, with now 10 years of European tour data in the database, uh, there is a lot of a lot more players in the golfer profile. So when you do names, um, yeah, here's Gipper Finau. He might have like one result. Yeah, he played, oh, here we go, four starts on the Corn Ferry, a 58th and three missed cuts. That's Gipper Finau. That's, that's how extensive this database is. If you needed to know about Gipper, I got him there for you. Uh, what I will add is... Um, and I tried to add it, but it's, it, it got screwed up. I'm going to add a button up here that basically says, allows you to filter for like guys in the field this week or something like that, just so you don't have to type it. Cause like when you type in Thomas for Justin Thomas, it's like, there's like 90 results. So um, I'll find it's a, it's a gift and a curse of having that much data. I'll get you a, um, I'll get you a better way to filter those. It's lunchtime and you're hungry. <laughs> I am indeed. Superior taco order? Oof. So here's the issue. I don't know what superior taco is, but I am a big Chipotle guy, but you'll be very disappointed with my order because it's pretty plain. Um, chicken burrito, white rice, pico, and I'll put my own Frank's Red Hot on. I will tell you this. This is not golf related. Uh, I had my gallbladder removed like, what was that, two years ago, three years ago? So unfortunately, my, uh, my diet is fairly fairly bland these days. Or at least it should be. I do not always abide by that. Um, whatever happened to those rumors of that PGA competitor from last season? So there's a couple of them, right? There's the uh, Super Golf League, SGL, which is, uh, I don't even know if they're going by that name anymore, but that's what Greg Norman is running and they've partnered with the Asian Tour and uh, they're going to have like 10 events next year. And the, the Saudi Invitational, I guess, is one of them where you're going to see a really good field go over there. But um, I, I do not think that is at risk of taking away, uh, as at least of this moment, of like a full PGA Tour player. The other thing was um, the PGL. The PGL wants to partner with the PGA Tour. They don't want to actually start a new tour. Uh, they want to partner with the PGA Tour and collab, which... If you're the PGA Tour, it doesn't really make any sense. So you're going to hear a lot of stuff one way or another. Scheffler or answer? I think we're getting to the end of the um, end of the questions here. Which, if we do, I'll just end it early. Um, Scheffler or answer? Probably Scheffler. I don't know why I think that. Let's let's look at them actually. Scheffler, who's obviously been great, couple of really close calls recently, played well at the Ryder Cup, very good off the tee. That's a great sign. I mean, answer's also really good off the tee, just to kind of do it in a different way. Yeah, I mean, maybe the answer, maybe it's answer. Maybe answer's the safer play. Look at these results. Um, just since the Travelers, fourth at the Travelers, I'm going to skip a couple, 14th at the Olympics. He won in the FedEx St. Jude. Two top 10s at the BMW and the Tour Championship. 14th at Summit Club. 7th at Mayakoba. 27th at that tough field in Dubai. Maybe it's answer, actually. Maybe answer's a bit safer, at least. 
Got me wondering, who are your favorite players to root for these days? Mount Rushmore, Vic, Burns, Doc, and yeah. Um, I'm kind of at the point, like, it's it's really hard to have favorites, right? Like, I I, I respect so many of these guys, and, and everybody I've encountered has been uh, really, really friendly. Uh, Victor and Doc are definitely top of list. Um, Sam Burns, just from, like, a pure statistical breakout love the guy's game never never met him uh but but that's up there i always find myself rooting for rory i just think he's a i think he's a good guy great ambassador for the game um obviously great player don't have to tell you that so he's probably he's probably on there too i heard you mention the uh <laughs> hero world challenge as a top nine trophy what tournaments have the top three trophies yeah so i need to do a definitive list um Maybe that'll be an off-season project. So I need to do a definitive list. Uh, Zozo is elite, right? Zozo with the huge circle is elite. Um, I don't want to leave anybody out here. The Sanderson Farms with the rooster, great-looking trophy. Um, Bermudas could be awesome if it wasn't made of wood because they use they they dive into the Bermuda triangle angle. Oh, I'll tell you what the best one is. Um it's Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage is it's it's the it's the Rocket Mortgage circle which always very visually appealing. Uh and it's in a base but and it's on a golf tee and you can pull it out. And you can hold it like um who's the guy who pulled the sword from the stone? Excalibur? No. That's not right. Who's the guy who pulled the sword from the stone? Lancelot? Was it Lancelot? What, what was the round table? Knights of the round table? Anybody? I don't know. Uh, King Arthur? Am I? I don't know. Someone pull, it, it reminds me of that. Uh, Trevor says, any good tools, any new tools you have in, oh boy, in store for Rick Run Good in 2022? Yeah, so you have no idea. Uh, so if you've been paying attention, uh, I've already been doing step one. Step one is uh, loading in more data, okay? That's always going to be step one and making sure the data talks to one another properly, right? What Does European tour data talk to PGA tour data? Does, um, you know, I don't want to give away all the secrets, but, but if you've noticed 10 more years of data for the European tour, Corn Ferry Tour data is in there. The entire existence of the Corn Ferry Tour data is in there. The entire existence of the Champions Tour data is in there. So that's kind of part one that I've been doing, Trevor, that leads to um, allow me to do a lot of cool stuff. So you're, you're yes, you're going to see uh, ideally more consolidated, more powerful tools. So instead of clicking around to five or six different tools, uh, being able to easily capture a lot more information in one spot. Um, yes, there's going to be good stuff coming. Hey, Rick, have you ever actually stated what college you attended? Uh, I think for whatever random, I think of this for whatever random reason. Uh, yeah, so I actually went to two schools. I, I went to college to play baseball. That, that, was, uh, that was really my main decision maker. That was it. It was not education based at all, which was probably stupid. Uh, I went to LaSalle for two years, played baseball there. And then I transferred to uh, Immaculata for two years. That was like the first year they had a baseball program because it was notoriously an all girls school. Um, there are two Catholic schools, but believe it or not, like that, I am not 
really religious at all. So I just kind of went and played baseball and, uh, and did my thing. And, and here we are. Does a no cut event favor more consistent or volatile golfers? Good question. I don't think it matters. Uh, mm, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. Is there a stat we can use to quantify that? Uh, there is a there is a stat we can quantify who is volatile and who is consistent, which is something I've done a bunch. Or you can look at standard deviations. Or uh, I I'll have to find a tweet. I tweeted it out. How often guys are are you know gaining and losing numbers of strokes per round? Um, so there is a way to quantify it. I just don't know the answer to if that helps or not at a no cut event. If if I'm understanding that properly. King Arthur, Excalibur was the sword. Thank you very much. Rick, originally from the Philly area. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I moved to California, now Las Vegas. And we are at the end game here. So that is the last question that I see. So unless anything pops up real quick, here's what I'll do. Uh, let me remind you, there is a jock market power hour tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Joe and myself, we're going to go through the IPO. There's only 20 players, so it should be pretty interesting. Uh, there is money we're going to give away. If you go over there and drop your jock market username right now, that'll get you entered. Uh, otherwise, um, I'm trying to think what else. No cut sweat show this week. Cause there's no cut. I'll be around on Twitter. Um, I don't know. Check it out and, uh, enjoy your week. Hit me up in the DMS. If you have any suggestions. Okay. Oh, here's what, here's my final calling card. Speak now or forever hold your peace on a couple of items. Uh, suggestions for the website. I've been compiling them through the Slack channel. There is a channel in there called Suggestions. If you want to see something, want to know how it works, whatever, now's the time. Uh, get your suggestions in. Get your questions for the mailbag in. DM, tweet me, email me, Slack me, whatever. Get them in now. This is your opportunity. Otherwise, go find a dog to pet and I'll talk to you guys later.